I'm talking with Jessica Thebus, the director of that great production of Richard III that we, she talked about on the podcast uh, with us a, a, a few years ago, and of the, um, In the Garden, a Darwinian love story at Looking Glass Theater three years ago, and she is now directing the Book of Will at the Northlight Theater about the creation of Shakespeare's first folio. And Jessica, you have described it as a miracle. And to me, the biggest miracle is that you asked me to be in it. <laughs> well, who else would I have asked to be in it? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 570, Book of Will. Last week, we talked to playwright Lauren Gunderson, who, in addition to being the most produced playwright in America this season, with 27 productions happening of many of her plays, is also the author of The Book of Will, a wonderful comedy about the creation of Shakespeare's first folio, now having its third production and Midwest premiere at the North Light Theater here in Chicago. Jessica Thebus, the head of the directing program at Northwestern University, is the director of this production, so I asked her to spend some time chatting with me about the Book of Will and how she understands its importance and beauty and wonder, but also its traps. One of the great roles in the play is Richard Burbage, the great Shakespearean actor, people say the greatest probably of the Shakespearean actors who was originally on the stage and originated many of the roles. And one of the great things about the Book of Will is we get to really meet these people as they may have been. And certainly there's a lot about your performance that which is probably accurate. Well, and as the actor playing Burbage, I could just say, no pressure. You know, <laughs> yeah. the greatest actor ever. Yes, of course. Of course. And yet, we, you know, we get to see him really take the stage and um, see what it was like when he approached these roles that he himself, you know, he was, he was. He was the first Hamlet. He was the first Macbeth. He was the first Romeo and the first Lear. And it's just great to imagine him along with the playwright. Well, there's so much fan fiction in this play. You get to see Burbage. You get to see Hemings and Condell, who are the creators, the first editors. You get to see um, the dark lady not to give away any spoilers you get there are so many th even when you just bring out the props you mm -hmm. i sit in the audience going ah, that's the those are the original court you know mm -hmm. and it of the pretend aspect is so satisfying and gratifying but i know that lauren has written a much more interesting play than just the sort of quest epic heist of, of, of putting together the folio, and you described it as a miracle in the very first rehearsal. So what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that, you know, we think of things like the first folio as this monument, this unquestioned monument of Western literature. Of course we have it. Of course it is handed down through the ages. And then when you actually look at the history, and the play is very exciting because Lauren has done her research. She really has. And, yeah. you know, Everything we know is in the play, and then she has imagined the things we don't know. But she's not changing a lot of no. the things we do know. I'm impressed with how little seems to have been fudged for dramatic effect. Yes, exactly. And so then she really takes us to 
It's just true that considering how much printing cost at the time, considering who these people were, considering how everything operated, the immense undertaking of printing all of Shakespeare's plays in a reasonably correct mm -hmm. version and with everything that it took to make it happen, it's a miracle that it happened at all. He was also, at the time, of course, popular, but as someone says in the play, it wasn't the Bible. It's right. not like you were running out. It was really a, it was a labor of love to p assemble it and put it together, and it so easily might have not happened. Yeah, there's so many ways it could have gone wrong. And, 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 and as you say, not only was it not the Bible, it wasn't even Ben Jonson. Yes. Ben Jonson, who was way more popular in Shakespeare's life, lifetime and immediately after. And Ben Jonson is another, is another character in the play and another one of those moments where you could go, oh my God, that's Ben Jonson. Yeah, um, yeah there's so many ways it, 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 it might not have happened. They weren't just sitting around ready to be put, to, put together. And again, and I think one of the other things that Lauren has so brilliantly done has created a reason why, reasons why Hemings and Condell need to get this done. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I think when we meet them, they're really the last ones left. You yeah. know, they're really remembering the Kingsmen when it was this large group of people. And they yeah. mention, of course, some of the people we know from history, Armin and Cross and Kemp and... Um, and their, you know, their time is passing, and they are dying, and they're the only ones left. And then when they realize that when they go, no one will know the plays, because of course everyone was so much more memorized than we are today. Writing was so, um, we they depended on it a lot less, and printing, of course, a lot less. And you know, now we have this whole digital world where everything will just hang about forever. But then it was all in people's heads, and so when they really saw that like, oh, the passing of us means the passing of the work. Right. And then that moment, which as much as it's imagined by Lauren in the play, must have been real. Yeah. Well, and there's another deep cut for Shakespeare nerds, Ralph Crane, the scribe of the, of, of the Globe Theater, um, is a character in the play. And it, it, it was expensive to write things down, paper was expensive, and it was difficult, and it was time consuming. So you didn't write down anything that didn't need to be written down. So, but Ralph Crane signs onto this project because he's the one who knows the, the uh, uh, Will's writing. And I suppose if you take that thought that from, the, the writer goes from his quill to the page, mm -hmm. Crane is more connected to Shakespeare's brain. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yes, absolutely. And it's so great to meet these people. And then you understand what everybody's different investment in the project is. And the other thing that Lauren Gunderson gives us with Book of Will, which is so great, is that, you know, it, yes, it's Condal and Hemings. Yes, it's Ralph Crane, who is another great real person who we meet. But it's also the guys who set the type. Yeah. It's also, Marcus. you know, the guy who made the paper. You know, yeah. it's all these, it's, it starts, it's not just two people. Right. It's their wives, it's their daughters, it's the people serving the ale. It's the what it took to convince Ben Johnson. You know, it's everybody that we meet, the compositor, right. you know, who's uh, the second assistant on setting the type, the right. guy we, who made the ink. Yeah, we know there are six or five or six compositors, but we don't know their names. But people have been able to figure out that, oh, well, this must have been set by somebody different than the other guy. So Lawrence co condensed it down to two, reduced it, dare I say, <laughs> down to two, um, um, but there were more. I mean, that's the, how much research Lawrence done into this. And so you 
really see this enormous group of people who made it happen. And this is where it gets back to the miracle too. It's like all of these people got the wherewithal and got out of their own way mm -hmm. and got out of each other's way mm -hmm. to leave us the place. Yeah, and we talked about this in rehearsal a little bit. You talk, This scene was like diffusing a bomb. <laughs> and this scene is like, it's really like, oh, I don't know, the Ocean's Eleven movies where you put together the crack team, the people who have to do these things. Um, but then we do all the work about, yes, but why? Why is this? And you were talking to the actor playing um, Henry Condell tonight about urgency. And, and tonight, I got to watch it from the, this afternoon, I got to watch it from the front. And I saw Henry's... Uh, uh, desperation, yes. desperation to not lose mm -hmm. these because, and I don't know 100% why, but he was, he's desperate and that's, that's, uh, it's kind of heart stopping. Oh yes. I mean, the need that they have once they realize that not only, you know, it's not only the art, they feel like the characters are dying yeah. and they say this in the play so beautifully. We don't, it's not just for Will, it's not just for us, it's for Banquo and Orlando, it's for Rosalind, it's for Lady M, you know, like we have to save them yeah. and they're alive and you know, they're alive today. Right. Because of it. And 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 Lawrence also put three great female characters into what could have been easily an all-male story. Mm -hmm. And for all of us, I guess this is the other the one of the other reasons that it's it's a sort of a, a love letter of Valentine is that it's about why theater is important, not just Shakespeare, but theater generally. Mm -hmm. You know, we all come together communally to be in a play, but this is also a community of people who put this thing together. Oh yeah, you meet everyone, you know, every, the wives, and of course it's the wives who have memorized as well. I mean, right. think of how many times they've seen their husbands on stage, the, he, the learning, the, helping them learn lines. Right. They know it. Sure. They all know it. Yeah. You know. And they and, all love Beatrice. Yeah. They all love Shakespeare's great strong women, and this is another thing, fan fiction. You can see the strong women in Shakespeare's plays came from the strong women in Shakespeare's life. Oh yeah, no question. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? It's Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., so our fall tour of the ultimate Christmas show, Abridged, begins next week with performances in Maryville, Tennessee, Somerville, New Jersey, San Jose, California, Algona, Iowa, Reston, Virginia, and La Mirada, California. Next winter, we'll perform William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged, off-Broadway at the New Victory Theater in New York City, and next June, we'll return to the Pittsburgh Public Theater to close out their season with our production of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged. And Pop-Up Shakespeare is now already in its second printing and on sale worldwide. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with Jessica Thebus, the director of The Book of Will, now running until December 17th at the North Light Theater in Chicago. You, I mean, I, you're a professional director, so this is what you do, and I get that. But still, you came in for the first day of rehearsal, like you absolutely, like you had directed this play already, but you haven't. This is, this is the Midwest premiere. This is only the third production of Book of Will. Um, where did that certainty come from? Or are you just acting? <laughs> um, well, 
You know, I teach directing also at Northwestern. I run the directing program there. And I just mention that because I think that is something that we teach. And it's a really interesting question. I feel like, you know, if I come in certain, it's because I'm certain as to why the play is important. Right. I'm not certain, as we discovered the, this afternoon, <laughs> where everyone should be sitting all the time. You know, I'm not certain about how we necessarily will approach this or what the visual idea should be or what the pace should be. That's something that we're discovering together all the time. Right. And I feel like that's a that's appropriate. I mean, the actors know just as much, if not more, than I do about actually how the intricacies of the, the mechanics in the scenes work once we get into it and it gets on its feet. But I feel like the director's job is to develop a certainty about what they care about and yeah. in that way illuminate the path for right. the designers, for the actors, for the entire project. So I do prepare and I do come in with a, listen, there's a lot we're going to discover together, but here's why this is an important play. Yeah. And here's at the heart of it is we have to realize how close it came to not happening and that these guys pulled it off by their fingernails. Yeah. And of that, I am certain. Those stakes. You also talked about a little bit about the trap of the play, which I thought the traps of the play, which I thought was very uh, insightful and helpful. Yeah, I mean, the trap of the play largely is this thing about we know what happened. Yeah. You know, we know there's not suspense in that they might not pull it off. The drama of the play is the how. Mm -hmm. And that's, of course, very often true. You know, it's not like not every play is a murder mystery. You know, right, really, right. We, we know how Shakespeare's plays end. We know how tons of we all we we very frequently watch stories that we know right. the ending to. We right. usually, in a romantic comedy, yeah. we know they're gonna end up together, <laughs> even though we don't know how. So the suspense is in the how, but the trap of the play is that the audience gets ahead of it and is like, okay, come, come on. Yeah. So it's the, the different personalities and what it really took for everybody to work together in order to pull off a big project. Right, and, 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 um and that the actors, yes, we all know he's Shakespeare and he's great, and that all of his plays are great. So the the but the actors can't settle into this idea. Well, of course we'll do this play and this play and this play and blah, blah, boom. You know, there's no urgency there, but there's also there's no drama there, and it's also not true. We all have different opinions about the various plays, and. And it, yes, you're right. It would be so easy, so easy to to play the ending. Yes, play yes, the yes. Ending. And it's a world, and the playwright gives us this, where they had one copy of King Lear, yeah. one full copy of King Lear after the fire in the Globe took, yeah. you know, all the sides and various prompt books and things like that. And someone spears bill, spills beer on it. On the one copy of King Lear, someone spills beer on it. And uh, that's, you know, that's a problem. Ah, yes. I know, it is one of those moments, like when, when, when and Shakespeare Shakespeare in Shakespeare in Love throws the pages he doesn't like into a fire. I literally, literally gasped in the movie theater. Like, no, you can't do that. And it happens here, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, but, and you've directed uh, Lauren Gunderson's plays mm -hmm. before. Does that, does that help, knowing how she mm -hmm. writes, what she, what she cares about? Yeah, I've done one of her plays, um, Miss Bennett, uh, Christmas at Pemberley, which is a sort of sequel to Pride and Prejudice. And I did the premiere about a year ago. And yes, her voice 
does have a particular, uh, she wrote that play in collaboration with Margot Melcon, but the, the voice in the two plays is similar. And there is a kind of, um, there's a certain drive and a kind of bubble to it, uh, which is really grounded in an emotional truth, but also has kind of a send up. I do actually feel like it's a very good match for my style. I think I like that mix. Um, it's highly literate. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's something about you kind of dance along on the language, mm -hmm. uh, which is lovely. I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's it, Shakespearean. It's Shakespearean, and it's also irreverent in yeah. the same way that Shakespeare is. Yeah. It's like it's really there can be it can be very heart open and yeah. heart full and vulnerable and very beautifully written. But then you know it's also making fun of itself in five ways. Right. And that's a I find that mix exciting. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. If you can make it to Chicago in the next month, go to northlight.org for ticket information about the Book of Will. Then send us your traps via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks as always to head compositor Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our not-so-random fan shout-out this week goes to Thad Humphreys. The reason it's not so random is that Thad heard me talk about this production of The Book of Will on the podcast way back in September and bought tickets then and made a plan to visit Chicago for the first time. It was fantastic meeting you this weekend, Thad. Always nice to put a face to a listener. Special thanks to playwright Lauren Gunderson. Follow Lauren on Twitter at Lala Tells a Story. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 570-1710ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. So we're recording this uh, literally two hours before our very first uh, public preview in front of people. Uh, any predictions? I think Austin will be fantastic. Well, from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> this podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.